What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? And I hope you are with family because it is the holiday time to my Jews out there. I hope Hanukkah was fantastic. And to my Christians, Merry Christmas. Ingber and I are both dressed for the season. What do you got there, Ingber? Take me through your wardrobe. Uh, This is a a crazy Christmas sweatshirt that my wife got for me. Um, We're 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 big believers that if you're going to have an ugly Christmas sweater, it can't actually be like a funny saying on it, right? Like those those really funny sweaters that you get at Tipsy Elves. That's not what we're about. We're about genuinely hideous Christmas sweaters. So this, if you look at it, it makes no sense. There's like a Christmas volcano. Oh yeah. There's like there's like a Santa hat that's missing a Santa. Rudolph just, that looks like a the, pig. Yeah, it's the weirdest sweatshirt ever, and so I'm obsessed with it, and I try to wear it to every Christmas function that I can. This is my uh, uh, Christmas sweater brought to you by Gatorade, Uh, and the reason that I'm wearing it is because it is me throwing a football uh, 49 and a half yards. Uh, Thank you, Gatorade, for making this, and now I have an ugly Christmas sweater with my face on it. I just I mean, lost that's my head. some great hashtag hashtag branded content for uh for, for Gatorade but, to make a sweater like that for you. I I have always, you wear it once a year. It's worth it. Not for only it. that, think exactly. You get sent these things from brands all the time, and it's like th- I will wear this the rest of my life. This is amazing. Of course. Um. Uh. Everybody's celebrating Kwanzaa. If you're just with your family right now, we hope you're having a great time. Hopefully, you're not betting too much money. Uh, in the NFL to make up for how this season has been. We are going to hear from Crack in a little bit. We are also going to hear from my little guy, uh, the one that helped put together the LFGL down there in New Orleans, New Orleans kid, as he was affectionately called one Super Bowl, William Ezel. Uh, he is going to announce the winner of the LFGL. Uh, and we're going to talk to him a little bit because the man puts in work for the Lefko show. Uh, and, I don't even know if he's 16 yet. So that's my kind of child labor. My favorite. He's like the guy on your football team that the national press doesn't know about, but like he does the work in the trenches so that other guys can get a sack. That's what Ezel is for this podcast. He's 2014 Giannis. People forgot about (laughs) him. They're like, he's a little gangly. We don't know what he's going to turn into. Just wait. Just wait till Budenholzer gets here. Um, NBA season is officially kicked off uh, and it's, Usually we're getting NBA earlier into NFL season, but it, it's kind of nice right now where the NBA, the NFL is really coming to a close and I'll uh, get ready to start doing some NBA on TNT stuff. But I know that earlier we, we started doing like some season long bets. I feel like quarter of the way, half of the way. And now that we're getting to the end of the season, I feel like the awards are coming into focus. Division winners are coming into focus. Super Bowl is kind of coming into focus. Uh, Ingber, you are the person of record uh, because you're good with writing things. <laughs> what I do own a computer and I can type. Yes. What? Where would you like to focus on uh, right now? I wanted to talk about some preseason predictions. We did a big AFC preview and a big NFC preview right before the season started. Oh man! And I wanted to go back. What did, what, how long that? ago was that? Uh, September 3rd and September 8th, respectively. It feels like yesterday and 10 years ago simultaneously. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's actually the thing. When I go through my Google Docs of all these old uh, time code documents, we we did the, the thing with Arthur Blank on September 22nd, which was almost the entire NFL season ago. That feels like it was like last week. I don't know. It does. I feel like I read just that book last week. <laughs> it's just the time has both taken forever in 2020 and taken zero time Crazy. at all. 
Crazy. Um, but I wanted to go through some of the preseason numbers because it is unbelievable what in August and September people were saying about teams that now seems like a lifetime ago compared to what's actually happened on the field. Totally. So I wanted to go through some really rough calls and some really great calls nice. that uh, that Vegas made that you made. So where do you want to start? The good stuff or the bad stuff? Uh, let's 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 do the bad stuff. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, if we go back to September eighth, Lefko, you on this podcast, you were adamant that the Jaguars were going to make the AFC championship game. So that was a rough you call. You better stop I'm it. Just <laughs> I was like, I know it's not No, bad, but you man. did You did say that the Lions were going to win the NFC I North. Did. That was a rough I one. I did. But you know what? Like, I liked it at the time because the NFC North is a crazy, ter- yep. topsy-turvy, anyone could win it any year, and you got the best odds. At, at the same time, though, you did say the Packers were going to regress this year. That was also a that record. was easily one of my worst predictions. Uh, they had all the signs of regression, and then I didn't realize that Aaron Rodgers did not have two years left. He had about five years left, and uh, so I apologize to him, Packers fans, and I appreciate you keeping me honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other the other two rough calls he made. You said uh, Chargers to make the playoffs, uh-huh. which. You had no idea Justin Herbert was coming down the pike. That could have gone, Ooh. you know, th- they had so many almost wins this year. So that's the the weird thing about football yeah. is like a three and seven team could be seven and three if like three different things go differently. Them and the Panthers, uh, but- like they, they put a stat up during the Panthers game on Saturday that they've lost like eight one score games. And right. and so that's why I, I'm like, man, I like the Panthers next year. You know, I, I'm already starting to charge 2021 year. future bets. Get those tickets in right now because you could probably find some decent odds for uh, yeah. if you like the Chargers to like, I don't know, make the playoffs next year. Uh, and then you also had said the Cowboys were going to have the best ah. record in the NFL. Now, obviously, Dak, that injury made it uh, cemented that it was never going to happen. But they I think they opened like two and three. That was they were never going to have the best record yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, I, I you know what? I was accurate in this part. Part of the reason why I thought the, the Cowboys were going to have the best record is I said the NFC East was going to be awful. And so that was yeah. right. I thought they were going to be the team to take advantage of it. And it was a combination of their defense. I, I knew they were going to drop off. I didn't know that they were going to lose both of their free agent acquisitions at defensive tackle in the first, but even before the season started. And obviously the offensive line injuries and in Dak. But no, I, I regret that one. Chiefs were the easy pick there. Um, and... Man, like, what was the Chiefs' total? Eleven and a half. Like, doesn't that seem eleven and a half? And that was actually one of your good. Calls. What did I say? Yeah, you said you were like, "Oh my god, I'm so over." There's no way they're not getting the thirteen wins. That was one of your good. Calls oh, for sure. man, I'm proud of that one. Yeah, because it's I. I don't know. The Chiefs deserved the what the Patriots got in the by the bookies over the last decade, which is like they would just sit at twelve and a half, and so you're like they have to get thirteen wins, which is very very tough. Like I, I'm very excited to see what the Chiefs' win total is going to be in Vegas next year. Well, now that we know that Patrick Mahomes is just a competitive maniac and treats a game in September the same as he would the Super Bowl and never wants to lose a single game. And he doesn't care, by the way, all this talk about how the Chiefs, they can only win by two or three points and they should be blowing teams out. I don't think Mahomes cares. No. I think he goes home with a win in his pocket and he says, cool. It is it is funny because I feel like the sentiment that was going to the Steelers when they were 11-0, and where people were like, they're not that good. I feel like there's mm. the same tone with the Chiefs. And I'm like, Stop and it. I'm like, they're not even the same. Like, man, I'm so confident <clears throat> in the Chiefs. I'd bet body parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was, so I went through a couple of bad calls just by Vegas. Oh, yeah. That in retrospect, seems absolutely crazy. Uh, the 49ers to repeat 
the division at minus 110. That just seems insane now. Another having, team having... with, I think the 49ers of any team in the NFL had the worst injury luck and they were displaced from their home stadium. Like the, the Niners to me are another team that I circle early for 2021 overs where I go, let people fall into recency bias. I'm still amazed that Kyle Shanahan is dropping 30 plus points on people with whatever is out there right now, like Nick Mullins yeah. and Levine Toilolo. I don't even know who's out there. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I thought was a strange call. So the Cardinals, they were plus 800 to win their division, which those kinds of odds, that's like what the Jets were to win the AFC East this year by comparison. So that, that eight to one is not absolutely insane, obviously, but just the fact that the Cardinals were very much in the mix this year from the jump yeah. and have been a very solid team all year long. Plus 800 feels like way off in terms of the odds that. Uh, yeah. The reality of it. And uh, it, it was mainly because I think of the hype of the Seahawks too. the Russell Wilson MVP right. train preseason. They started off. I mean, that doesn't take that into account, but yeah, Arizona's fighting. Arizona's got a chance. And then from Vegas, the, uh, the big money bets where you could have, cashed in at least something and made like a prop swap. Yeah. Washington was at plus 2000 to win the division. That's looking pretty mm. solid. Nice little 20 to yeah. one action there. Hey man, Rams, I'm still, I'm to... still proud that we gave that one during our mid mid year divisional bets. Like I'm really proud. Of yeah. That we one. had it at plus four fifty or plus yeah, five. That was our, that was the long shot. I was happy with that. But this was at plus. This was at plus two thousand. We gave uh, we I gave mean, out Colts to win the division and Washington to win the division, both at plus money. And we're sitting here at week sixteen, and you got a good ticket. Yeah, because yeah. Tennessee's playing uh, Green Bay this week. True. Uh, so the Rams, they were fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Rams just lost to the Jets. But there have been times this year where fifty to one, you could have sold that ticket for twenty to one or fifteen. I know to one. Warren likes the Rams. Now I know he liked it yeah. a lot more before they lost to the Jets, but. Um, I wouldn't want to play the Rams this week and the Seattle's playing the Rams this week. I just, I have to imagine facing a team that just lost to a winless team. You're going to get the most motivated Los Angeles Rams that may have ever existed. So that's right. And that, that game this weekend is going to be nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, the other one that you could have won some big money. If you, if you were holding a Bills at 25 to 1 to win it all, that's a pretty nice ticket to hold right now because they've, they've come down to like 13 to Man. 1. Josh Allen, give him his respect. Okay, so that's right. Oh, sorry, they're only they're actually nine to ones. That's actually a really great nice ticket. Bet. Uh, and then your good calls because we got to give you some props. No, I appreciate too. that. <laughs> uh, you said that three AFC North teams were going to make the playoffs. That's looking really solid. Bang, right bang, now. bang. That's never an easy thing to say before the season. Once once you're in week eight or nine, you're like, oh, yeah, the Browns, the Ravens, no problem. But before the season, it's tough to predict that three teams that all have to play each other twice are all going to make the playoffs. That's If rough. I was petty enough, I would go back and find all the tweets of people for that take specifically calling me an idiot because I had a <laughs> lot. And I also don't think people, you know, people weren't sure of the Browns. I don't think they were sure of the Browns until week eight, but Definitely one, I appreciate you bringing it up, one that I'm proud of, uh, mainly because I don't think people thought about the Steelers either. Now you go, oh, yeah, that defense. But early on, it was a lot of what is Big Ben's arm going to be? Now we have that question in a different form. But, yeah, thanks, bro. Speak, speaking of we don't know what that arm is going to be, you really like the Colts before the season, and we had no idea if Phillip Rivers was going to look 
like kind of that panicky <laughs> five and 11 guy that he was the year before, or if that Colts offensive line was going to protect him, the defense was looking good. The running game, he's never had a running game like that, that I can remember. Um, and the Colts they're they're not going to get a two seed, but they're, they're in the mix. I'll say they, they they're right now, not in a position to get the two seed, but that ticket is still alive because yeah. Buffalo plays new England this week. And you have no idea what's going to happen. In that rivalry, they could both fall to 12 and 11 and four. Indy, if they finish 12 and four, they got a chance. And if I pull that one out of my ass, I will be very excited. But yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put that clip out on Twitter. I, I don't know if there's a team uh, playing you're... more together right now than Indy. You're right. Uh, and then two two more quickies. You said the Texans would have a drop-off year from hell, and that's kind of exactly what yes. it looks like. It's about time. I thought it was going to happen last year. Uh, and I. It's it's the same reason, though, why I do not bet against Deshaun Watson. Like, I know that last week I said, I'm thinking about making this bet, but I'm not going to. Houston plus seven and a half, and they ended up losing by seven. But, like, I don't like betting against Deshaun Watson. He will make you look stupid, but this was the perfect example of he can't do it by himself. So I'm glad that one played out. And then when we, uh, a sad one, we talked about this on Monday, but there was basically the Bills and the Patriots had pretty close to the similar odds to win the division. One was like minus 110, one was plus 125. I took the Patriots, you took the Bills, so my, my cap is off to you. I was way off on that. I thought Cam would be much closer to the 2015 Cam than he was this season. He was unfortunately uh, do you re- not Do you remember that. the way people were talking about Cam after week two against Seattle? Oh, that he was going to like romp to 12 and four and the Patriots dynasty is going to continue. And then Jared Stidham's going to come in and do another 15 years. And oh my God, the Patriots didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I remember the that. reason I am excited about that one is I feel as though for the last decade, people have been trying to predict Belichick's demise and every mm-hmm. year they were made to look like a fool. And for the first time I took my shot at it. And it happened. And that's something I've watched people do it for a long time. I've seen everyone try. Um, I am not, I am not saying that there's a direct correlation between the two. I'm just saying that I tend to have a really good prediction of when something is going to end. Do not say this to Brian Westbrook ever, but the year before his last season, I distinctly remember telling one of my good friends, Dan, I think Westbrook's got like seven games left. And then the next year, it just kind of, it. Don't tell him. Do you promise not to tell him? I'm going to text him, but I'm not going to tell him on the podcast. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> Ingber, thank you so much for bringing up all the bets that I won. What I didn't win though was my division of the LFGL. Even though I finished the regular season in first place and scored the most points, and the person that was responsible for the LFGL, the man that is growing up before my eyes. That's right, a man. Not the Saints boy anymore. Look at his jawline. William E. Zell. Willie boy, how are you? I'm doing good. First question, is it E. Zell or a Zell? Uh, it's E. Zell, but it doesn't really matter. I get called every day these days. How old are you now? 17. Wow. We're talking applying to colleges. We're talking SATs. Yeah, how's life, bro? What's that stuff like now? It's a lot. I mean, uh. You got a lot to play with school and all, but you know, we're taking things day at a time. It's going smooth. Well, you know, it's just, it's good that you're prioritizing school and not putting together a few hundred people playing fantasy football for a podcast, bro. Thanks for the friend. Are you going to put that on your college resume though, as like a major accomplishment? Because if I was a college and I looked at that, that you coordinated 1200 people, that's pretty impressive. 
Yeah, it's definitely going right at the top of the list right there. <laughs> I, I think they're going to put LFGL Fantasy Commissioner. <laughs> if you don't let me in after that, I don't know what will. <laughs> and and put my information there. If they need if they need a call, I got you. Okay, so we did it. How, uh, how many divisions were there this year? There were 46, 12 in each, which is around 500 people this year. So 46 divisions battle it out for the uh, LFGL championship in week 15. What I, my questions for you is what, who were the players that were on the most people's teams who were like the big uh, performers? Was it the Tony Pollard's and Leonard Fournette's? No, it was a lot of Josh Allen's and Dalvin cooks. And Mm. then if you look at like the most used players, you see a lot of Dalvin Cooks, Allen Robinsons, and then you look at the waiver wire guys. You got like James Robinson, and then Cam Akers, and the JD McKissick. JD McKissick was a really big one there. Mm. So it was really the players that supplemented their team really well with those waiver wire ads that did the best. Now, I would like you to announce the winner of the LFGL out of the hundreds that played. What is this person's name? Oh, well, you want to do top five first or do you want to go straight? Into the oh, yeah, one? top five. Starting for five. Well, this kid understands content. I love it. Okay, Ezel, <laughs> number five. Uh, number five. So our winner and fifth place were separated by 12 points. So it was really a tight mm-hmm. season. I think last year's winner was at 180. This season it's at 164. So in fifth place, in League 21, we have NT263 with 152.2 points this week. Congratulations to all the entrants of Division 21. This does feel like, uh, what was that movie? What was that? Oh, Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Division 21. Okay, number four. Number four, uh, it's CB Shahi in League 26 with 157 points. Oh, mm. yeah. TB Shahid, congratulations. You represented 26 well, and now. We work our way to the top three. Wait, was was it number six in our division? Number six wasn't ours. Uh, Josh Bello. So he, he he was the one random person. So last year our division was a it's a mix of, I think it was, I forget the name of it last season, but it was the guy with like memes of NFL and Rod Simba was in it, and they merged with our division. And this was the one random person that got selected in our league, and he won it all. I and I think it. Josh Bello had a really good team. I think Way to go, good. Josh. Good job, Josh. All right, so now the top three. Uh, number three, number two, and then number one. So in League 5, I don't know how to pronounce this one. It's Shimmer, Shimmer RJ. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was in third. And then moving on, number two in League 36, Ian McNaughton. He, he should have – he was – in the lead for so you long. almost said he should have won oh so you were actively watching this during the games so what i did is i, I compiled the spreadsheet so i put all the teams in it and put like active point scoring in it so uh i sent this out to all the leagues if you wanted to if you want to look at it I, I can link it to you so I, I made the spreadsheet i put everyone's scores in it and updated it after each game and this guy he was crushing it he, he was messaging me he was super happy about it all um and then when did it turn Oh, it's actually funny because I had a I had a mess up in the lineups. So the winner they had Henry Ruggs in, and they were supposed to have DJ Moore. So they weren't in the lead for a while, and it was Ian those in the lead for until like late Monday night until like oh crap I messed up, and so I put DJ Moore in there, and the winner took it by three points. So Ian oh. had the lead 
And unfortunately, I, I, I uh, fixed my mistake and he fell down to two. Ian, we appreciate you, bro. We know that you are excited. Uh, man, that's okay. Listen, you go by, you go by what they entered. And, and then who does it? Who won? So the funny thing is, is that um, someone in League 8, the Sharp Mustache Conference, won. Oh, great conference. Wow. Emily B406. Uh, the funny thing is, is she, she had no idea there was a larger league. She was just invited by her friend to join the league. I'm like, congratulations, you won. It's like, yeah, I won my group of 12. I'm like, no, you won a group of 500. She had no idea. She, she had no idea. And I was just like breaking this story down to her. I'm like, yeah, this is associated with the podcast. Uh, if you win, you have the option to go on the podcast. And she was like, this is crazy because she has no idea this is part of some bigger conference. She was just signing up for some good fantasy fun. <laughs> and she won the whole LFGL. So can That's you tell us who were her, who were the horses she was riding this year? Who were yeah. her stalwarts? Who were her top draft picks and stuff? So obviously starting off Josh Allen, big, big point scorer this week, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Travis Kelsey, James White, and DeAndre Swift. Travis Kelsey, of course. The Rams yeah. defense. Man, congratulations to Emily B. Um, if you want to come on the podcast, even though you probably have never heard of it, you are more than welcome to. Uh, that invitation is out. Did she give you a statement at all uh, about her winnings if she doesn't want to go on? Uh, she, she said, Gracie's to everyone, uh, but in the in best team won. Uh, <laughs> She's, too. <laughs> She's doing a victory lap already. Uh, I was an invitee. You just learned about the podcast yesterday. Um, I feel like someone else would deserve, uh, would enjoy the, the opportunity more than I would. But this will be her first episode today. So that'll be pretty exciting for her winning. Yes. So Emily, Emily wel- yeah. welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the say podcast. <laughs> Emily, congratulations. Welcome to the Left Go Show. Little did you know that you didn't just win your division. You won all of the divisions. So congratulations. Uh, Izel, I've thought about it. And the if she doesn't talk, the person I want to give it to is you. Uh, so that's what we're going to do right now really quickly. Um, <laughs> you're 17. You're in high school. You've been doing content and podcasts for a lot. You can find him on Instagram at, at WGE2. I was told this to plug you- the podcast by my friend. So we have made a website, triplethreadpodcast.com. Just got to shamelessly plug that in there real quick. That's not a shameless plug. That is just a natural, well-deserved plug. You put together the whole league. Uh, so I'm curious, like, is this what you want to do, Ezel? Is this, is this the hopeful future? I mean, hopefully it is. Uh, it's something that I really like. It's a passion project of mine. Um, we've done an episode every day during winter break. We've been really trying to grind it out when we don't have schoolwork to go through. So it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking about sports, and it's really my wheelhouse here. So if there's something that I can do for a career, it would be absolutely wonderful. So that is the and goal. People, people can check out Triple Threat Podcast anywhere where podcasts are available. Correct. Uh, everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or yes. everywhere. And so how much Saints talk do you do? It's not a lot. Uh, you'll, get a, you'll get a little bit of bias here and there. Yeah, I, I, wanted, I just want to know how you're feeling about your Saints right now. So for people that don't remember, uh, like the last Sims and Lefko shows when we were in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, William and his dad were sitting there in the front row and he was just like yelling out answers to questions all the time. And Sims was like, yo, I got Saints kid over here. And this is Saints kid. So this team right now, um, man, they perform well when Drew isn't there. 
Sunday, the defense looked good, but the offense has still – it looked good in the second half, not great in the first half. Uh, you know that I said before the year I think this team can go to the Super Bowl. Uh, how do you feel about your Saints team now? Because I don't think people pay as much attention as you. No. Um, I, I could give a whole two-hour answer about how I feel about the Saints, but the short answer is, is that uh, offense really needs to turn around. But I think that a lot of that goes on to the receiver core right now. Missing Thomas, mi- missing Marquez Callaway, missing Deontay Harris. Those are our guys that are getting the most separation on the offense. I think you look at the stats of last game, not a single receiver was above the league average separation. So uh, Breeze didn't play great, but he didn't have a lot to work with. He was throwing in some super tight windows. So uh, I have comments to the offense to turn around. So I think that we got to just get more taste in plays because what he does is a runner special and he takes a lot of the defense on him. And then once we get Thomas back, Marquez is back this week. He's a real right. stud undrafted guy. So defense is great. I don't think there's anything I can say about that. Trey Hendrickson. I don't know how he wasn't even allowed to be on the pro bowl voting. I mean, he led the NFC in sacks and he has 200 less snaps than Aaron Donald. So that mm. guy's a stud. And so you look at Quan. That drop. Uh, are you are you as nervous as I am about the fact that Drew Brees' arm is going to have to play in Lambeau, it looks like? Nah, uh, no. See, um, this is a thing, Ingber, that Drew Brees truthers and Saints fans hate the they're a dome team moniker. They hate it. It's, it's exactly like what Peyton Manning would face back in the 2000s. We brought this up on the podcast uh, that his, his against the spread numbers are actually better on the road than they are at New, uh, in New Orleans. Now, that doesn't necessarily equate to win-loss record, but in terms of perception, it definitely shows that he, he outperforms what people think he will do on the road versus the line is baked in. Maybe he gets an extra point and a half because it's the Superdome and people have this idea that he is much better at home. But it's not his fault that he plays in a dome. You know, it's not his, He can't tell New Orleans to my get thing, a cold-weather stadium all of a sudden. My, my thing is not about the dome. My thing is about that cold weather because one of his road games is in Atlanta every year and one is in balmy Tampa. So I'm... I'm I'm talking. Okay, so William, I've done enough Saints dragging, uh, and I, I did it really just for you. Uh, how do you respond to the Drew Brees cold weather stuff? Um, there's not much I can really say about that. People already have their mind made up. But when you look at Drew Brees, it's not ever about the deep ball. And why would you need what this cold make ball the intermediate passing game? It doesn't make any any less of an efficient offense. So. If you think you can just get some separation, Breeze will throw it in a window no matter what the temperature is. Then I think what's really underrated is that throw to Emmanuel Sanders is beautiful. Gorgeous. I mean, if if he can even do that once per game, that's really just going to keep the defense honest. And I think that Drew Brees, with, he'll take some time to recover. I mean, 11, 11 cracked ribs is nothing to sneeze at. But he, he looked fine. I don't think there was too much of an issue with him. And I just think that give him time. He'll lead this offense back because it is a great team. You got a great play caller and a lot of really talented players. So losing the three to the Chiefs at home, yeah, with Anzalone's knuckleheaded move. I mean, I can't mm. blame him. But I, what I get excited about when I watch Drew Brees compared to Taysom Hill is Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook come back alive. And to me, Jared Cook continues to be an incredible mismatch across the middle. He's just too big for people. And Alvin Kamara is finally getting the ball again. And I, Alvin Kamara can win you a game in the playoffs by himself. He really can. I mean, talk to talk to Alvin Kamara manager David Ingber. He knows exactly that feeling. Oh man. <laughs> 
took a huge uh, risk when I took him first. Yeah, that was just like me going against the grain right there. <laughs> I traded up right ahead of Ingber to take Kamara, but somehow Saquon fell to four. So I took Saquon. I was like, oh, I'll be smart. You know, I'll use my brain, not my heart. I'll take Saquon. <laughs> I traded up to get Kamara. I was so disappointed when I found out Saquon got hurt, man. Just seeing seeing Kamara do so well and then knowing that you should have had him. And it, it sucked a little bit, but you know. Um. Did you, by the way, Ingbert called me out a few weeks ago, Ezel, and said that people just want to trade with me in the fantasy league because I'm me. Do you think that's true? Well, I would. Damn, say I didn't like so. the way. I, okay, no, thank you. I it wasn't a definite no. I, it was definitely not. There was a, a sigh. No. He went, well. <laughs> I had to think about it because I wouldn't trade with you because. Uh, your offers were on the same level that I was thinking of, but you know. Yes. Well, I'm always, on the, I don't offer the best stuff at first. He's he always, a commissioner too. He takes this stuff way more seriously than very, other people would. Very. So I, I, the one trade I did make, I, I took an L on because um, I was really desperate for a running back, but we're not going to talk about that trade. So. All right. So I looked up some Drew Brees cold stuff because I do not want to report fiction. I only want to report fact. 2013 season. Saints beat Nick Foles and the Eagles in 26 degrees in the wild card round. If you remember, that was I f- was Deuce McAllister still on the team back no. then? I no, but that was I felt like it was a lot of running the ball. 2009, Saints played the Panthers in week 17. It was 30 degrees. Saints were 13 and 2. Breeze sat though, because they were they already had it. Uh 2008. It was less than 32 degrees. It was 28. Saints lost to Chicago on an overtime field goal by Robbie Gould. 2018, uh, it was 39 degrees, and Drew Brees played nearly a perfect game against the Bengals and put up 51 points. So he absolutely can perform well. I think what I was thinking, Ezel, is more of at this point of the year, Brees' arm is usually tired, even though he got a few weeks off with those ribs, plus the cold. But I don't know, like, I, I have faith in Sean Payton drawing some crazy stuff up. And even though the Packers are the favorite, I have watched the Packers twice this season. Once in Indy, dropped 24 in the first half and nothing in the second half, maybe three points. And then against Carolina, dropped a lot of points in the first half and nothing in the second half. They're not a complete team. They're not the Chiefs. They're not one of those teams. I think the NFC is wide open. We hyped up the Bucks earlier on Monday. The Saints, I think, still have a great chance. I just know for their case, it would be better if it was in the Dome. But you got to think you have a chance to get to the Super Bowl still. I mean, what's the Packers' biggest weakness? It's their run game. I mean, with run Latavius defense, Murray, you mean? Latavius and Kamara can definitely feast on that run game. And then I think that I might be crazy to say this, but Marshawn probably will play better against Devontae Adams than he did against Alan Lazard because when you give him a top five receiver, he performs like – matchup on Mike Evans and Julio and even Tyreek was last week was really special, but you put him on some average guy or I mean, the source, not average. He's really good, but when you put him on, not a big name guy. He just somehow always fails to impress. Wow. You know what I'm realizing? I think the AFC is better top heavy, but I think the NFL, the NFC is going to have more fun stars to watch. And I, I mean it like this. You're going to have Devontae Adams. You're going to have Alvin Kamara. You're going to have Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Um, you're going to have Tom Brady. You have a, a, 
you have an Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey team. You have Kyler Murray right now, and we'll see if Chicago is able to steal it from then. And then you have whoever comes from the NFC East. Hopefully, it's like Chase Young and one of those teams. But you don't want to see Jalen Hurts in there. Of course, I do. I just <laughs> if the Eagles somehow make the playoffs and they beat the next two weeks, Dallas and Washington. And they somehow sneak in because they're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need the Giants to lose and all that. If Jalen Hurts leads them back to then, Ezel, you know I've already been insufferable. Like, you know what? This is a good question for you. What has it been like to listen to me talk this way about Hurts? Because I don't know how I sound. Uh, I don't think you're too unreasonable. I mean, it's your team. I would be too. I mean, I, I was this way with Taysom, what, two years ago last season. Um I wasn't the biggest Hurts fan at Alabama. I didn't think he was very good at Alabama, but he's proved me wrong, and I have to say that. So the way Jalen Hurts has played, I think you have every right to be excited. And I listened to our buddy Sims' podcast, and he's like, Wentz is done. Get him out of here. And I was like, you know, I just want the Sims confirmation. Now back to me being a lunatic. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, now that you're a big-time professional podcaster, I want to go out. Do you have a hot take that you've been really working on the Triple Threat podcast that you're ready to bring to the big stage. You know, I'm not saying this is like a minor's major situation, but I'm saying, you know, if you have like a fire take that you've been working on, it's, you know, this is kind of like the, the comedy store, you know, let's. I think it's already a fire take that he can just say Marshawn and not mean Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if we're there as a society yet, but that, oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's pretty intense right, right off the bat. That was funny. <laughs> Well, we've been working on some NBA hot takes. I think we had a whole Ooh. thing where we, we each did 11 NBA hot takes. And I think my hottest one was the Bulls would be a top five, six team in the East. Wow. Out of nowhere with the new Billy Donovan head coach. You big Kobe White guy? I am unfortunately a big Kobe White guy. I'm a Duke fan, so it pays me to say that. But he looked really good at the end of last season. I think what Billy Donovan can do as a coach is just really impressive. You look what he did with Thunder last season, made them a top six seven defense and efficiency. I mean, I think Billy Donovan, just the, the difference between Jim Boylan and Billy, Billy Donovan is so fast that I think mm. the players have to react to that. And I think that they have a lot of talent and that Billy Donovan can get the best out of that. But NFL-wise, who? I don't know if I have a, a hot, hot take for you, but I think that Quan Alexander and Mario Davis are for sure the best linebacking duo in the league. I don't think that's too hot of a take. Mm, Saints linebackers. My first thought is Tampa as another one that can compete. Levante, David, and um, Devin White. The Seahawks always get mentioned. Wagner and those guys. Um, that's pretty good. I'm more fascinated with your Bills, uh, Bulls hot take because I think Zach Levine is one of those dudes that's just going to drop like 40 points randomly. And I think you're right with the... Like I watched the way the Nets played in that first game, and I was I was amazed at how much fun it seemed like they were having on the bench. And you know, you look at a guy like like Nash, and it's more fun to play for a guy that you like. It always you you work harder for bosses that you like. I like that take. So, are you a huge Zion? Then I mean, he went to Duke, and now he's in New Orleans. Like, you should have seen me on on a lottery night when we found out I was the number the Pelican for the number one pick. I mean, I was running through the house. I was elated. I am the biggest Zion and Brandinger fans that you'll probably ever find. 
I'm, and now they're on the same team. I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast, and he says they're the most confusing team in the NBA. They could be anywhere from a surprise contender to missing out on the bubble. That's the take I want to send you off. What are we going to get from the Pelicans? The official New Orleans William Ezel Pelicans prediction. Uh, my prediction is a seven seed and a first round playoff win against the Mavericks. That was my prediction. So, Zion um, over Luca. I love that you also just predicted that Dallas is getting the two seed. That's sick. Yeah, we, we did a whole prediction uh, podcast a couple days ago. So I've, I've got all this fresh in my mind, all this NBA stuff. So I just think that Stan Van Gundy, the first practice was three hours of defense straight. I mean, the Pelicans were not good on the defensive end, and that's really what killed them. And then having Zion and Brandon Ingram for the entire year should be just a night and day difference. And then Steven Adams is a culture setter. I mean, what he does in the court is absolutely ridiculous because he is a team player by every sense of the word. I mean, he let Russell Westbrook get seven rebounds a game. Me. And listen, JJ Redick needs to up. get JJ Redick needs to get back to the playoffs. He has to start that streak again. William Ezel, these kind of fire takes you can find on the Triple Threat podcast. Thank you again for stewarding the LFGL and making this thing run. Uh, and then uh, handling my lack of DM as well. You're a, you're an absolute champ, bro. I'm excited. I can't believe you're not. So we're a year away from college. Uh, yeah, indeed. Damn. I've watched you. I feel like I've watched you grow up. I'm proud of you, bro. Well, before I go, uh, message to Emily. Come on the podcast. It's fun. You don't need to know anything. Just come on here and have a good conversation. But if not, and if Lefko gives me that offer, I'd happily take your spot. But come on. It'll be a great conversation for someone who's an outsider. Come on, Emily. Do it for your fans. You have, you know, they're, they're already making Emily t-shirts right now. William, you're the man. Uh, anything else you want to say before you go? Uh, who that? I guess that's it. Nice, nice. Thank you, Ezel. Good seeing you, pal. Thank you, Lefko. Thank you, Inger. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three track commandments with Bill Krakenberger. It's now time for Crack Daddy. He's the Crack Daddy. Bring a little color on the shirt today, eh, Cracky? Oh, uh, yeah, a little uh, yeah, a little color here. I seen your sweater, and I said, I got to get myself a little color. Just a regular purple-black, which are my favorite colors. Uh, yeah, so I figured I'd put a little, uh, oh, well, I don't know what, what this is like. I feel like a first question. Or, first question, yeah. how big of a holiday guy are you? I was very, very big up until a couple of years ago. Giant. I mean, giant. You understand my background? I got to celebrate everything. You're, so you're you're getting uh, all the food from all different sides. And I, I, what I mean by that is you're getting the Christmas, of course, Christmas Eve is very big to my mother with the giant feast of the seven fishes. And, and, and you know, they know how to lo- sh- show love with food. Then you get the other side, the Hungarian Jewish side. That's also uh, showing love with food and just love in so general. So Christmas Eve, you did the seven fishes, and then yes. your Hungarian Jewish side, you went to a yeah. movie and then got Chinese food. <laughs> Chinese food, yeah, I love that. We used to go to Wohop every single uh, Wohop on Mott Street every single Christmas, and you know, I, it's, I it's Pat. By the way, Pat cannot get in Christmas Day. I'm going to give my little secret. I always had a guy on the side. There's a little side street there. It kind of yep. goes down to the park. So I had my guy in there. I would go in there, give him 100 bucks, and he'd say, come on in. I, I used to go in the back door 
Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better feeling than walking through the kitchen of a restaurant that has a line. And, and it's 100% in my mind because of Goodfellas and like what they, they created with that one-shot take. But there is no better way to impress somebody than getting pulled in the back door. Great. That's my, my number one scene of probably all movies. Now, there's maybe one in Casablanca, but The Godfather maybe one. But Goodfellas, without a doubt, my number one scene is going into the Copa and say, hey, Gino, how you doing? Every time I come here, every time you do, don't you work? I love that scene going back with the music is very important. Scorsese's a genius. That yes. music going in the back there, uh, going through the kitchen, the, the people arguing in the kitchen, the table coming out. Oh, my God. Put it right in the front row. Did you like the Irishman? I, I, I mean, I liked it. Listen, the buildup was giant. So you're automatically yeah. you're expecting more. Um, I don't like that. I really feel from the people I talk to in the know that that is not what happened. That's not what happened. So De Niro kind of. Um, you know, I like that way the De Niro looked younger. The guys looked younger. They had, you know, young yeah, and old. A lot I of good like that. films that was going on. But, but, well, I just said, you know, they, they tried to make them look younger. So to, yeah, they yeah. Re recreate the real Frank Sheeran, the real. Uh, so anyway, though, um, I did like that. Uh, I love Pesci's part. I love uh, the parts in like like the old school. You're part. such an Italian mobster movie fan. Like I love. Oh my that. god. Oh my god. You know I I I knew about Buffalino. I knew some stuff. I read stuff on him when I was younger. I was a big reader when I was younger. So I knew about this guy it was the real deal. But no one ever knew about him until the Irishman came out. But he ran he ran all of Western Pennsylvania, Northern Pennsylvania, Scranton, Wilkesbury. Forget it. He was the guy that it could be Buffalo and upstate New York. He was the guy and respected by everyone on the commission. I love that when you think of Scranton, you think of like mob ties. And I think of Scranton, I think about a paper company uh, oh. in the office. Oh, really? Okay. Because they're yeah, very blue collar, blue collar town. Very good, hardworking town. Well, you've seen the there. show The Office, right? Uh, no, I didn't. That's why I didn't know what you were talking about. I You've never office. seen an episode of The Office? No, no. Not good. one. I got to watch one now. It's all good. Based in, it's based in Scranton. Yeah. To be fair, though, I don't watch any TV. I, I, I'm more of a, uh, a Netflix or a uh, Amazon Prime guy. I don't watch any shows on TV. Very rare that I get to watch a show. I used to love like Entourage. That was one of my favorite feel good pump up shows on HBO. But I really don't get to watch shows too much. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. shocking. Okay. I heard of it. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Um, okay. Last week, how was last week for Vegas? Was it was it par for the course or was it a little bit crazy? I don't think the bookmakers have enough room in their safes for the money that they've made this season. Really? Yes. Now, time out. Beginning of the year, you kept telling us about how the bookmakers are taking a beating right now. Yep. So you're telling me it's gone so hard oh. the other way? Oh, giant, giant. What was the game that – was it the fact that, like, Kansas City pushing, like, ended a lot of those tickets? Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's it's also the money lines on – listen, people love – I've asked the bookmakers in town here, the directors, and they tell me that, like, it's a no-brainer. Every week you're going to have – the money line, even if you have a parlay with some teams you like, they're always going to throw in a money line on the big favorites, too. So they're always going to throw the Rams money line in there because oh. because it increases their money a little bit. And it's a let, let's just say what they say. Uh, it's, it, this is a lock anyway. It's just a money line, 17 point favorite that increases their ticket a little bit. And it's like it's, it's like a no brainer. It's got to win. Right. I Wrong. totally forgot about that upset. So the Rams oh. losing 
created a domino effect where Vegas made bank. Yes, yes. No, Vegas has uh, done very well. They do very well on a lot of things. Teasers, parlay cards, that's a big big bulk of the money that people make because you know what you want to do as a you know average guy you want to take a little bit of money and make a lot of money so but you have to have a lot of luck involved in that you have to hit four or five or six teams without losing one but mm. that's the biggest thing for uh vegas they hold about 30 40 even 50 50 percent of every dollar that comes over the counter on certain things like that Otherwise, like a straight bet, if you're just betting, you know, uh, one team versus another, it's a four and a half percent hold on average compared to, mm. you know, something that's six, seven, eight or nine times, you know, that on other other things. So Vegas is let me tell you again, I had this nice collection cup. I did. I really did. I went outside one week. Everyone was crying. I had this big collection bucket, went outside the casino and tried to collect money for the casinos, the bookmakers and stuff. I, I didn't get anything, but I really I had it. I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon. Oh, I love it. Crack wins app, by the way. Make sure you download it. Check out my guy, Bill Krakenberger. Thanks, uh, man. As you as you look at today's, as you look at this week's card, uh, there's a Friday game, there's three Saturday games, there's a Sunday slate. Um, what it, have have there been any early movement that has caught your attention or that is giving you an idea of where the sharp syndicates are going? Yeah, two big moves on sides that actually the one really surprises me, but the other one doesn't. Okay, Arizona uh, opened up three uh, at, at the Westgate. I actually put on my Twitter page, I showed a picture of that, that they're taking. I didn't know they take this kind of money on openers till, till this past week because I really don't do a lot of NFL sides. But if there's opportunities to, like this particular game, sure, I'm going to $10,000 they took on on, uh, on openers, uh, So, uh, which is a lot. C.J. Uh, Beathard starting at quarterback. That's so what it is, new, too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Arizona was three, three and a half. So you got a minus three ticket that's now at minus five. No, actually, actually, I, 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 even though I pointed it out, I never got to it. It went to three and a half immediately. And it was three right in front of me. As I'm showing the video, the people at home, it was three. And then it went to three and a half. And look at now, it's five. And yeah. but, but a sharp syndicate that I know that is winning this year in the NFL, they laid four and a half. They laid four and a half on Arizona. So I find Ooh. that I find that kind of interesting. Uh, second game, this is the one that I was little taken by um, Arizona's also had a lot of success against San Francisco. They beat him in week one last year when San Francisco was making their Super Bowl run. Uh, Kyler Murray gave him a really tough game. So Cliff Kingsbury has had success against their defensive coordinator. And, and while CJ Beathard might not make as many big mistakes as Nick Mullins, he does not move the ball up and down the field as much. I will say that the Niners defense is better than the Eagles defense, even though the Niners just allowed like 40, 50 points to Dallas. Um, but again, I think a lot of that was Nick Mullins turnovers. CD lamb had a kickoff return for a touchdown. I try to keep reminding, reminding everyone, don't get too high on Arizona. They just faced an Eagles team that had, that was missing three of their best defensive backs. Uh, and they're, they're secondary. They always play man to man. Uh, but that, that'll be a good game. Five is a lot. Five That's is what, a lot. And you know, now that you say that, th there's always this too, I swear, it's amazing that you can actually do this, and not, not blindly, but whenever a game moves like that, the right side no longer is laying the favorite and, and losing the value of getting that line. The only way you can really bet games when they after they overmove like that is to take the dog or pass on the game. So that's interesting yeah. that you. That and you I say hope that. that some people out there, Arizona wins by four, and you middled it, Ooh, and middled. you got Arizona minus three, Niners plus five. Boy, there's probably no better feeling in the world, huh? Oh man, when you can middle a game. Have you like, ever? What, what was your best middling? You know, I, I haven't middled purposely in many years, but 
I built my bankroll up on middles. You got to remember, Bill Krakenberger started this with $1,000. I think I've said mm. this early on the show, maybe last year. I had 1000 bucks. I literally sent 500 bucks to two offshore sports books. This is 27 years ago. And, and, and started out with double bankrolls, by the way. They matched your bonus. And that's what I did. I actually middled $100 one way, $100 the other way. And, and, and if you have local guys back then, they always skewed the lines a little bit higher on all the favorites where the offshore books where the sharper books were, were easier to take the, the favorites there and better off to take what your local guy. I built up a bankroll from a thousand bucks. So I can't even tell you how much middling and scalping all through the nineties to the early two thousands. That being said, I'll take leads on games. You know, here in Vegas, I'll see like there was the game that was, it was like pick minus 20, pick minus 25. I seen it moving everywhere. I have not told no one this shit because you're going to say, I can't believe you had that one. I've only had three games this year where I've had opportunities to do this, where I'm just glued to my screen and see the line moving somewhere. I want to jump right on that. Um, especially I know a syndicate's coming on it. Don't you know, it was the Baltimore game where the, the safety, uh, the, the safety came in and play. Were you on Baltimore? I haven't told no one this. Only my assistant knows. I had pick minus 20 and plus three and a half. So wow. I had the South Point here. They always, the, the South Point in Vegas doesn't use juice on games. So it's either three or three and a half. They don't go to three minus 20, three minus 30, like everywhere else in the world. Every sports book I know in the world does that, except for the South Point. So they went right to three and a half and they stayed at three and a half. So uh, yeah, I bet 5,000 plus three and a half. I already had the pick minus 17, uh, pick minus 20 I had. And, uh, Man, I had no interest in the game, really. I just, uh, I, I mean, who's going to think that I'm going to actually have a chance to middle a game that they're going to score 80 some points? It was, I think it was 87 points at the time, or whatever, and it landed on 89. That, and that last safety cost me 10 grand. I didn't tell anyone that, though. Uh, so you're the first person. But anyway, so how did you, how, how did you handle it the next day? Oh, even that night I handled it. I left. Yeah. Yeah. That's the signs of a true professional, too. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but. You got to let, I, I, I mean, watching it, I was frustrated. I said, like, oh my God, look at this, this NFL. How do you beat the NFL on these NFL sides? 89 points in a game. It's Crazy. right there. Uh, yeah. So uh, let me get on to the second game because you Please. mentioned it. Good transition crack. That was a good segue. Yeah. Um, the Eagles. Eagles were bet. Perfect. This yeah. line looks so fishy to me. It's Fishtown, USA. There yep. is a city in Philly, a town in Philly called Fishtown. Fishtown. Philadelphia minus two currently against Dallas in Dallas. What did this open at? It opened Dallas minus one. That was only there for a little bit, though. The sharp guy, the sharp group that I follow that, by the way, they bet hundreds of thousands, six figures on games. And uh, they they laid one on the Eagles and even laid one and a half on the Eagles. Now it's we're sitting at two. We're sitting at two and a half. Seeing the some sharp two and a half. Yeah. The sharp sports books, which control the market is Chris in Costa Rica. They're minus two and a half. Westgate here in Vegas, minus two and a half. Yeah. DraftKings uh, and Unibet is at minus two right now. Yep, I see DraftKings. Yep, DraftKings on my screen. And then minus, also I'm seeing um minus two minus who else twelve. This? Yep. Yeah. But you I know how much you respect Chris, and they're at two and a half. Oh yeah. Chris and Pinnacle. Okay, then I'm glad and, and I'm liking it too. Believe it or not, I'm gonna give your viewers something here that I'm looking at too. I'll tell you what, if you're following lines, most people that are betting, let's just face it, even though this regulated brick and mortar business and brick and mortar yeah, the app business is gets a lot of bets in the in the country. I want to tell you something. The illegal sports betting business is still bigger than the legal sports betting business. Absolutely. Believe it or not. So um, 
There's a, there's a place on, on my screen, on everyone's screen, WPH or per head or PPH, they're play. I watch them carefully because all those sharp guys are betting off screen. That's called off screen. It's not the big books on those nice. type of wagers. And they're at minus two and a half. Every single one of the paper heads per head, WPH, uh, Buckeye, every one of them is at minus two and a half. So that's, uh, I, I always watch them on my screen because I know that they're a sharp book too. Uh, so tell because, me it's fishy, bro. So be, yeah. be my, be, what do you think? Take me to the wharf. What do I think? Let me tell you, if this goes to uh, two and a half where I can buy it to three, uh, I, I like buying games on the key numbers. I know it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit more money now to buy on the key numbers, but I, I, I'm not, I'm going against the syndicate. I'll I take the three, um, you Dallas know, this Dallas, plus team, Dallas plus three, I would take it. Um, if I was a big NFL, when I say I'll take it, you know, you'll laugh when I bet on the NFL. I'll, I'll bet maybe a, a thousand bucks, 500 bucks or a thousand bucks on a college basketball game. My God, just all out. You know what I mean? Say, whatever they take, God. whatever they take. So uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I have a feeling in the next segment for my bets. I'm going to try and bet on things that I want to happen instead of trying to predict the future this week. And so I want the Eagles to just smash the Cowboys. So I think that's what I'm going to bet. Okay. Now, now, will you uh, – no, I, I know this answer. I shouldn't even ask you. you. You don't bet the Eagles, though. That's not a weekly bet. Even the only time that I bet on an Eagles game is when I believe that they are going to lose and I think that they are – like I feel like I have a really good predictor of their demise. When they, when they play well, I'm usually taken by surprise. When they yeah. fail, I can usually see it coming. It's interesting because um, Eagles secondary is banged up. Dallas offense came alive last week against the Niners. Amari Cooper did not have a great game in their first matchup, but he has historically torn up the Eagles, which I think will be interesting to watch. But the big, the big thing here is Dallas's defense looks a mess all the time, and Jalen Hurts is coming to town, and I. It's so hard because all of the statistics about the Eagles in the past are thrown out the window. It's so now all you have are these last two weeks. But Miles Sanders should have a lot of success. Um, personally, I think Dallas Goddard's going to have a really big game. I feel like he all Dallas always dominates Dallas. Uh, and it's still one of my favorite moves that Howie Roseman has ever done, which is trade up the pick before the Dallas Cowboys when Jason Witten retired to select Dallas Goddard oh, wow. when Dallas was in their war room going, we're going to get Dallas Goddard. It's still like my favorite thing ever. The other, the other game that I think I'm going to do that I want, by the way, crack, I want your insight is okay. Titans Packers. I want it to be an 80 point Sunday night football game. And so I know that the line is 56, 56 and a half some places. I just I want to see eighty, and so I think I'm just going to bet the over there, even though it's already at fifty six. Well, I wouldn't be betting under. I'm an over guy to begin with. I know yeah. it sounds so square. I'm an over guy to begin with. It opened fifty five and a half, fifty six, fifty six and a half. There's a couple. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. I might even lean to the over there. I also like leaning to the over. This is a big secret, a big industry secret. Now twenty seven and a half. Damn it. Uh, I like playing those type of games. But the team half. totals. Or, or, first, or first half. half over because what'll happen sometimes you you've seen it last week with Green Bay so last week Green Bay um, their team total was 30 and a half last week was the team total first half was was uh, 14 and a half they went easily over in the first half with 21 should have been more points in the first half and they got a little bit settled in then they just run the ball second half try to get out of there that happens a lot with games in general if I bet first half on it I'm sorry if I bet game over I'm 
Ninety percent. I'm betting first half over also because I think the tendency so you to go that over win or you're getting a split. I think the the, the the tendency for these games to go over in the first half uh, is it's it's, it's an easier. Uh, game to get, especially if a team is a, a bigger favorite. You know if what's supposed to happen because they're a bigger favorite. Like Green Bay last week as a nine point favorite, they did exactly what's what, what what's supposed to happen. They they get out to a big lead and pull it back, and here you got to get the game not not you know not going over, but the first half easily going over. So part of the reason um, why I, I like these two teams going at each other is Green Bay has been a big first half scoring team and the Titans have been a big second half scoring team. Wow. Remember, okay. remember they roared back against the Steelers. They roared back against the Browns um, and their defense stinks. So uh, to me, my hope is on that one, it's 28-10 Packers at halftime. And then next thing you know, you look up and it's 35-35 sure. because the Titans roared back. That would be like the game flow, I would see. This that. is the type of game that could do that too because you have a, a hungry Tennessee team, even though they are doing so well. Green Bay, you have two teams that really should be going back and forth. Green Bay is opened- going for the one seed and the Titans are trying to win the AFC South. That's what I mean. And this game opened at four. It's down to three at some of the majors, including Chris uh, this this could be a back-and-forth game. You have a really good angle here. And one other nugget on this game then. So if I see a team total that's 56 and I think it could hit 60, when the spread is three and a half, does that – do I am I more likely then to bet the favor – if I think the Packers are going to win because three and a half is such a small margin and there's so many points that are going to be scored? Well, you know, uh, there's an old – I remember my dentist asking me about this. He said, you know, it's amazing how I just remember him saying this about the line three and a half. Uh, A lot of times when the line is three and a half solid almost everywhere, you would think to yourself, well, they really don't want you to they really don't want you to bet the dog there. Uh, you know, because the, the, you're getting the hook there. So you may have a point where, where something's three. And by the way, it's three and a half at Pinnacle. My second, first or second most respected book is, is, is Pinnacle. So um, this is a very interesting game going back and forth from three to three and a half. And yes, maybe you have another good point there. I'll tell you, for being a guy that doesn't make his living sports betting, the things you come up with always amaze me. I love it. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, Wait, before so, we go off air, I got something to yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go. How can we not talk about this? Do you believe what just happened last week? It's the NFL. You have 17-point favorites going down outright. The Jets, who we talked about so many times on this show. You have Pittsburgh losing their third in a row. And yeah, what were they sh- favored by against the Bengals? They, they opened up. Oh, they, it closed 14 and a half solid. 15s were out there even. But wow. you and I talked about this on the show when they were unbeaten that I, I kind of thought maybe they were. Frauds is too strong of a word, but let's call them frauds. Um, anyway, so, but yeah, so now you have two different teams that were giant favorites losing outright. Uh, this just shows my point, guys. This is the NFL sides, how hard it is to beat any given Sunday. Anything can happen. I know it's, I beat that with a dead horse, like a dead horse. I'm so sorry to do that to you, but it's true. Be careful on NFL sides. Look what can happen. Here you had two teams in two days that were giant money line favorites, and people were happy to put them on their money line uh, parlays for the week. You know how many people closed out their parlay with with the Pittsburgh Steeler money line that lost their money? Sports books are mm. just having parties, man. That's all. I think I think that's the one thing I'll say too to all the thirty three percent that's listening about gambling is what I've learned this year so far as we're wrapping up twenty twenty is. If you're going to bet an over, let's do first half also. We just learned that nugget. Two, if you like 
if you like one team against a defense and you like the other team to score a lot too, you can bet team totals and you can focus on the one team that you like and not rely on this other team to score also. You know, like you go, oh, the Lions could score a lot of points too. You know what? I'm just going to stick with the Packers. Let me just handle that team total. Uh, totals overall are often better than sides. We learned this year about the power of buying the hook and and how much that half. Yes, are you not going to get as big of a payout? Of course not. But the the solitude of not worrying about that extra point and such a key number is so big. Uh, there's just a lot of lessons that I hope people took this year um, beyond just, I like this team, I'm going to bet the side. Yes, yes. And listen, you're the one that brought this up today. I wasn't the genius here. You were. I'm going to reveal this too. That's when you're betting team totals and you like just the one side team total. And let's, let me tell you something, all the sports books offer that now. People, so there's some people out there, some people are probably saying, Team totals. Who offers that? Well, everyone does. FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet. Everyone offers team totals now. So that's a very, very unique way to go after one of these things. And I like the over on a lot of those team totals. I'm going to omit it right here. I haven't talked about it all season. You brought it up today. I'm going to close out. What a, what, what a great way to close out the show. You've been and betting even, team total overs all season? I, I bet team I totals that. over. I do. I don't talk about it on any media outlet, but somehow Mr. Lefko pulls it out of me. Man, <laughs> like I bet you you've been betting a lot of bills. And you know what? You've probably been paying off too. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a good season. And this NFL season, it can never be eclipsed again. I'll never do what I've done this NFL season. No way. Really? That oh, well? never. Yeah, no, I can't do it again. There's no way. I mean, we just, you know. There's uh, always next year. You throw the props in there and stuff. And let me tell you, it's so juicy. I love this weekend when they have three Saturday games and or two or three Saturday games. Like last week, they had two. You you could bet props on all those games. Now, not saying you can't bet props every every Sunday, but the primetime props or the TV games, all the sports books put the props up. So mm. look out, baby. Here we come. Awesome. Crack. Daddy. Thank you as always. Crack wins app. Download it. Follow him on social media. Bill Crack and Burger Crack. You, sir, are the man. Thank you. Happy holidays. Big shout out to Ezel running the LFGL and, of course, coming on and dropping some of that good stuff. Check out Triple Threat Pod. Uh, and then, of course, our man Crack Daddy always coming through with two things, hot fire and a Kangol hat. The man is consistent. Uh, Ingber, your your loser bet uh, pulled through, I believe. Oh, yeah. Week. Yeah. Easily. No problem. What was it? Jacksonville yeah, said- win by eight or nine? No, it was it was uh, Jacksonville to win by one to six points. Uh, that was at plus eight hundred. And I said on Twitter, I said I think this will be wrapped by the mid second quarter. It was wrapped by thirteen minutes left in the second quarter. That they was were crazy. down like seventeen nothing. That was an absolute blowout. Uh, what were my picks again? Uh, you went one one and one. Uh, Washington Seattle under forty four and a half. That was a win because the final score was twenty to fifteen. Bang bang. Chiefs minus three over the Saints. That ah, was the push of all pushes. Super I push. Mean, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening right now, we know you do listen to the podcast once in a while. Can you get your guy a fourth point? Can you just get one extra point for your guy? Uh, uh, that was, speaking of crack, like he talked about how it opened at three and a half for the Saints and then the sharp guys jumped on it, pushed it down to three. And then of course it lands at three. So all the man. sharp guys are sitting there laughing their way to the bank. Totally. And then what was my L? You lost, uh, you had the Patriots plus two over the Oh Dolphins yeah. The oh Yeah. What's funny is right before the game, I got a, a text from my friend Tyler, who is usually the guy that I make bets with. Uh, but we've taken the last four or five weeks off because we had a really rough weeks like 10 and 11. And 
But when it comes to knowing the Patriots, that's the guy. And he, right before the game goes, I'm betting a lot on the Dolphins if you want to join me. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He's like, this is a pack it in, let Bill figure shit out game. And I was like, okay. And uh, I instantly regretted my bet on the pod when he said that. I mean, they were up 6 nothing at halftime, and it looked like yet another, oh, rookie quarterback, totally flummoxed <laughs> by whatever Bill Belichick is doing. And then, you know, hey, <laughs> turns out when you can only score six points per half, it's uh, tough to compete with a future playoff team. Uh, just a reminder to everybody this week, if you are making bets, Minnesota Saints is a Friday game at 430. Direct competition, maybe with some high school semifinal games. This is, I don't even know if they're playing football. Or some Christmas NBA games. Yes. Oh, that is weird. Um, Also, there are three games on Saturday this week. Tampa, Detroit is at one o'clock. San Francisco, Arizona is at 430. And then Miami, Las Vegas is at 815. And if I remember right from talking to Kay and Andrew Hawkins, that Niners Cardinals game is exclusively on Amazon. Uh, so I'm just letting everybody know. And then we have the normal slates of games. I just want to say, and I probably talked about it with crack too. I am very excited for the Titans Packers Sunday night football game. The only thing that excites me more than two teams that, than a Titans team that whose offense is clicking playing a Packers team with a bad run defense. So it's Derrick Henry against a bad run defense. And then one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL and the Titans against Aaron Rodgers, And the total is 56. Like, I know that's really high, but I want to root for 70. Like, I like sometimes when a total's high, I just want to hit 80. You know, I want like 40 to 40. That's what I'm really hoping for in that game, but I got to check the weather. It also, I, I talked last week about very, very public overs and unders last week. And two of the biggest public teams that went over, they went over because one team just went nuts. Right. Right. Bills Broncos, that was an over-under of 50. And the Bills scored 48 points by themselves, right? Wow. Lions, Titans, the over was 51. And the Titans scored 46 by themselves. It's really tough not to go over when one guy is making up 95% of the points. The only thing that scares me is it's supposed to be 33 degrees on Sunday, and that game is at 820 at Lambeau. Now, I've, I've always thought when it's cold, I worry about two things, catching the ball and tackling. And so if you're telling me that you got to tackle Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry, you know what? Screw it. I'm making it my list. It's an absurd number, but I'm an absurd person. I'm rooting for it. Titans Packers over 56 is my list. Just because I want to see it. The list is not I what like I feel confident about. Um, the fishy line that I'm glad we talked about with crack was, Eagles in Dallas, Dallas coming off of a huge Tony Pollard game where the offense was clicking and the Eagles are favored by two in a and stadium. It's a fishy line. It's a fishy line, but it also shows me that Vegas likes Jalen hurts too. And so for my like, because this is something I want to see, I'm taking the Eagles minus two. I'm taking the Eagles because this is what week 16 is. There are so many games that I would never bet on. A Broncos-Chargers game, I don't know what they're playing for. A Bengals-Texans game, I don't know what they're playing for. Now, I do think that all the other matchups where there's a contender and a non-contender, all of the lines are super inflated. 
Browns favored by nearly 10 over the Jets. Chiefs favored by 10 and a half against the Falcons. Ravens favored by 11 over the Giants. You don't know. Like, I, there's not enough consistency there. The other, the other game that really caught my attention was Colts Steelers. Colts favored by one and a half on the road. Um, Cardinals favored by five over the Niners. I, I want to root for something on Friday. And because we had our guy Ezel on here, Saints favored by seven over the Vikings, over under 51. In honor of Ezel, let me, let me, who wants to be a millionaire? This Saints are going to be insanely motivated because the Vikings came into their house last year and beat them in the playoffs on a kind of questionable Kyle Rudolph play where did he commit offensive pass interference? The Vikings are coming off of a game in which the offense was kind of moving. You're also dealing with Justin Jefferson yelling at Kirk Cousins in the back of the end zone, got caught on tape, and he had to answer about it. Dalvin Cook got a little bit banged up, and I think that this is a Saints team that's going to be insanely motivated after losing that game. Cam Jordan has a baby ejected from the game. They're going to want to go out there and punch Kirk Cousins in the face, and I think that they can. Other side of the ball, Vikings defense is low-key weak. Low-key, really weak. And I think that Mike Zimmer has had some success against the New Orleans Saints in the past, but I also think that this is not the same kind of Vikings defense. And I think Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton are going to want to come out and shock the world. Seven points seems like a lot, but I'm making this my William Ezel lock of the week. Saints minus seven. I wanted to go with the parlay. I'm not going with the parlay. I think that this is going to be a, oh no, Kirk Cousins didn't look good here, and I forgot they just signed him to a new deal. Saints come out, put their foot in their face. Superdome is going crazy with just the team in there. Saints cover the the spread by seven. That's my William Ezel lock of the week. How does that feel, Amber? Sounds good. Seven points is a lot, but this is a, uh, we we really want to get, our one or two seed here. They're still, they're still fighting for that. And yeah, sure. Maybe they want to, they want to just set a tone and win this thing by double digits. Seven points just does feel like a lot. It's a very fishy line because you're, you're looking at Minnesota and you're going, you know, they're fighting for the playoffs too. Um, But I, I think that I I like to root for angry teams at this point of the year. Um, Overall, these are not bets that, uh, I'm not using my normal logic on. This is the what I'm rooting for a week because it's Christmas. Yeah. It's the holidays. And what I want under my tree is Eagles minus two, Saints minus seven, and Titans Packers over 56. That's what you I just want. just have a thousand touchdowns in that one, sure. Yeah, oh, because, because wouldn't that be fun? Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry. Like a lot I'm of times I'm poker bet, with my friends. Oh, how have you been doing? Been doing fine. Been doing. <laughs> I'm above 500. That's the that's the goal. Man, uh, anything that you'd like to say to everybody during this festive time of the year before we close this out, David Ingber? Uh, people asked about my 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 very ambitious um, New Year's resolution for 2020, which was to do 20,000 oh pushups. It is now December 22nd. Uh, sorry, 23rd now. I just hit 19,650 push-ups last night. I got 350 more to go over the next week, uh, but I'm going to get there. I don't care if I get- You've really uh, been tracking but, this all year. 
Oh yeah. I've been texting back and forth with our guy, Connor Rogers, with uh, your guy, John Weber. We're, we're doing it. John, John hit his 20,000 a couple of weeks ago. So if What's anyone Connor? out there, I, I don't know. I think he was around 18,000 last time I checked, but it might've been a while ago. Um, but Connor, Connor, as the guy who literally goes up to his roof and lifts weights at five 30 in the morning, he could probably bang out 2000 if he wanted to any moment. So you're uh, going to yeah, do, if, you're going to do 70 over the next five days or 50 over the next 350. Days. Yeah. I, I usually do, uh, like either a hundred or 200 at any given time. So I, and how I many have, can I you have, crank out in a row right now, David Engber? 45 is where I stop because it just like, I, I don't want to rip a peck. It's just not worth it. It's like this, the way I play tennis now, I was playing tennis with a buddy of mine. Uh, we were very safe wearing masks and everything. Uh, we were playing tennis and I now, if there's a drop shot, I just don't go for it. I'm like, congratulations. You hit a great drop shot. I'm I not going to tear I don't a hamstring. pop an Achilles on my way to the net. It's just not worth it. So maybe I could get to 50. I've done 50 in my life before, but I'm just so exhausted from these pushups. Wow. When I get to 40, 45, I just stop because I'm like breathing heavily. Has <laughs> I don't been, wanna... Have you been doing it every day or has it been like, oh, no. I forgot yesterday. Let me do more today. No, 20,000 works out to about 55 a day, but I don't do them every day. So I, I'll do a hundred, then I'll take a day off then I'll take 200, take three so days one, off. One more... Then I'll forget about it for a week and have to do 200, two days in a row. That's another follow-up question for the 33% that are listening in amazement like myself with absolute pride in you. Have you noticed a change in your body that you've done 20,000 pushups over a year? It's not enough that I look suddenly shredded, uh, but I definitely... I feel stronger. Like the other night I had to pull a refrigerator out from the wall and I feel like it was an easier task than it might otherwise have been. My t-shirts fit better. That's Ooh. the big one. My t-shirts fit better. Got a little peck def. A little peck def. A little, a little def in the peck. <laughs> oh, man, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Because you know what? There's not a lot of New Year's resolutions that people hold. And anytime that you can, that means you are disciplined. Congratulations. If David Ingber, John, Ing John Weber and Connor Rogers can do it, you can too. I love that. Congratulations, Ingber. Well, not yet. I'll say officially congratulations when you do it, but I'm proud to hell of you to get to this point. A couple people on Twitter were asking about it, so it means at least a couple people in the 33% were also getting in on this New Year's resolution. And if you did, or if you gave yourself some sort of reasonable foot, foot fitness challenge for the year 2020, this was the great year to do it because I wasn't getting outside as much. I wasn't going up and down stairs as much, going in and out of the subway. It was COVID this year. So I had this challenge that really kept me going. And I can't encourage you enough to do it again. I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out something for 2021. Man, I love that. That's so cool. Congratulations. I was going to say, man, your frame, you're looking stacked. These days, <laughs> uh, for David Ingber. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey continues to be the number one Christmas song of all time. I will hear no other arguments. You will also hear that song constantly. Is your, is your wife going to give any, you know, social media performances of said song? She actually just hosted a Zoom game show for the first time. It was a dating game show. There was no singing involved, but she was uh, she was fantastic. Can people check it out anywhere? Yeah, it was called Tap That. Ooh. It's a really funny dating show idea where you download an app on your phone, and then as the contestants for the dating show are, uh, are are saying funny things, you can tap on your phone and like them, and then you get to vote for who gets to who gets to go on the date with the, the oh that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah, it's great. People that forget. Uh, Ingber's wife is a world-renowned Mariah Carey uh, singer impressionist. True. Man. Uh, and defender. What? She's a world-renowned Mariah Carey defender. Leave Mariah alone! 
Uh, I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And uh, all I'm going to say to everybody out there is we got a few days left of 2020. And you're going to see a whole lot of memes about, thank God it's over and we're into 2021. You control this shit, man. Like, our lot, calendars are arbitrary, you know? It's... Let, let's all make the decision like Ingber did. Use Ingber as motivation. This, if you would have said in the beginning of the year, Adam, do you think David Ingber could do 20,000 push-ups in the year? I would have said he probably is going to forget, you know? And, man, I'm, I'm motivated by you saying that right now, and I hope people are motivated out there. Um, continue to talk about sports in an educated fashion. Do not bring people down. Don't be mean. Karma is real uh continue to just go out there and be kind to people be thoughtful protect yourself and your family uh and really find time over this next week to separate from your devices this is something that i am going to try and do i am going to literally during some of my days put my phone in a drawer and just try and get away from it and i think that a lot of people try and use this time of the year to reflect And what I would implore you to do is to challenge yourself in that reflection to not find your reflection in your phone screen, but to find it in yourself. Let's do it. Let's, 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 let's try and, and really get back to us. I don't know why I get so sappy at the end of this shit. Thank you guys so much for supporting this show during 2020 uh, as we've been doing it from different homes in the tri-state area and all over this country. Uh, Thank you guys so much for your support. None of this is possible without the 33%. So much more excitement in store. Thank you again to Ezel. Thank you again to Crack. And of course, Ingber and the production staff. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating. I hope it is with family and friends. And if it is distant, I hope that you feel that love through the cameras. Love you guys. Hala, hala, hala.